Welcome to another episode of the Thirsty Mom Podcast, powered by Thirst. My name is Lori Thompson, and I am your host. I am so excited today in the Mill Creek shop. We have Allison. Hello. Welcome, Allison. Thanks for being here. Well, thanks for having me in yeah. Thirst. In th- I know. With my Diet Coke. I, love it. I know. The first question I asked you, I'm like, have you been here? And you're like, uh, uh, yeah. Of course I've been here. Sometimes people have it, so I just want to make sure. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes, I've sat in the line oh my to get pretzel bites. You're, you're a diehard. I yeah. love it. Yeah. I love of it. Course. And you live local, so that's yes, nice. Yeah, that's absolutely. Nice. So what are you drinking? That's the first question I have to ask. It's Diet Coke, and it's straight up, which is a little bit boring, I understand, <laughs> but I've been the rounds of the flavors, and I came back to my true love. Well, if you know what you like, yeah. you like what you love. Let's Since eat. my first year in college, we've been, we've been together. <laughs> <laughs> this is a relationship that's going to last a long I tried, time. <laughs> I tried to, to quit Diet Coke for two years. Oh, and don't do it. I don't know. It seemed like a good idea. And then I was so exhausted. I had a doctor say to me, well, why don't you try a little caffeine in the day? I was like, back on it that oh afternoon. Oh my gosh. You're like, per doctor's orders, I have to drink this. There's a prescription. <laughs> That's hilarious. So I, I mean, I just barely met you. Which yeah, we I, did. I'm so excited to finally meet you. I know. So my friend is Susanna, who is your cousin. Cousin. Okay. She's the only blonde cousin of all of us, by the way. Wow. I didn't know that. Yes. But we, we do let her hang out with us still. <laughs> She's awesome. I love She's her. She's awesome. So our kids are a lot of the same ages. They do lacrosse together. Yeah. We are cross-guardings, cross-guarders together. So I was at a tournament, and we're just chatting, and I was telling her I do this podcast. And she was like, oh, I know someone you have to interview. And I was like, who? And like, I was getting out my phone. I was like, I have to interview this person. Oh, my gosh. Like, your platform is amazing. So Thank we're going to, like, dig deep. Oh, here we but go. first, let me find out, like, how long you've been married? Tell me about your kids okay. and their ages and that stuff first. All right, I've been married uh, almost thirty years. Whoa, twenty nine. So um, longer than the Diet Coke relationship, or no? Because I started college in eighty seven, which okay, makes me so what? That's thirty five years. That's the true love. But I actually <laughs> fell in love with my husband before that. So yes, because okay. I was a sophomore in high school when we met Whoa. at BYU tennis camp. Oh my gosh! And we kind of fell in love, and then but we, you know, I was like a. 14 year old and then um but we didn't get serious until i ended up i transferred from the u to the y to do advertising and then we got serious and oh my gosh got married so yeah so were you in correspondence that whole time like Um, you know no cell phones right right so yeah he we had another group of friends and we'd all get together every couple of months oh my gosh I'd go dancing down at Plastique for any of you who are oh over 50. <laughs> and the tower. So, and, and the we tower. <laughs> <laughs> what was that dance club down here? Xenon? Yes. We met oh. there a couple times too. <laughs> oh my gosh. And now it's like a restaurant or something. Oh my gosh. I yes. can't remember. That That's was hilarious. So long ago. So, okay. sorry, you, 35 years you've been married? We've been married 30 years. 30 years. Yes. That's awesome. We dated for like, we. We hung out for like nine years and then oh we got my married. Gosh. So yeah, we've been, we've got three kids. Um, Ken's from Provo. I'm from Salt Lake City, and we have a daughter who's married. Um, so no grandkids yet. No. <laughs> um, I but I'm I'm assuming that that will come. And then I have a son at BYU, and I have a son on an LDS mission in Orlando, Florida. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. So, yeah. That's so fun. It's fun. It's a lot. And so your fun. every your daughter lives here too. She lives here. Okay. Yep. That's close. She and lives. how far along is your husband? Is your son on his mission? He will be home in July. Oh thank my goodness. Countdown. Because it's really great that they're gone, but 
I want to, I, I need there's a There's like, it's a hole in your family, right? Yeah, it's well, there's like, only three of them. So when one's missing, it's a big deal. Yeah, and it's nice. I've got a couple of kids that go to BYU and it's nice because it's like, they come yeah. home for the weekend and they're yeah. close. And, well, and I have to say, my first daughter went out before you could like video conference every week. Oh. And that was, a, it's a big difference. And I think we talked daughter, to her every wouldn't week. Wouldn't that be a big, that's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, although if he was a daughter, she, he'd be home by now. That's true so. i don't don't get me started on that i'm oh, like i'm like 18 to 24 maybe they should be able to I choose think 18 is the plenty spot. yeah and if they want to stay another month that's great but making girl anyways that's yes, a different that's topic. a whole other that's episode the next podcast coming out next month yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> that's something totally different okay so then your family is from salt lake city yep i grew up in salt lake okay. we, we're from we were most of us were born in california but my parents moved here when i was little um, I've lived kind of all the way around the area forever. Okay. Where in California originally? Uh, Northern. My dad was at Stanford and then stayed okay. and stayed and stayed. Then we moved back to Salt Lake. My mom was from here and um, we've just been here. I went to East High School. Oh my goodness. And my mother went Our to East High School. High School was filmed. Yes. Love and it. my grandfather, grandfather and grandmother went to East High and oh my, my kids gosh. went to East High. Oh my gosh. What a legacy. I did have one that went to, my baby went to uh, Olympus the last part of Did he play, what sports did he play? Lacrosse. Okay, that's what I thought. I, I know, okay. I was going to say. I thought we knew yeah, each other for when sure. you came in. Oh my gosh. Okay. So when this just is over, like I'm going to show you my phone. I took a picture of your hair and showed my husband, and I'm like, I want her hair. Look I swear it was you. so ah! we'll have That's, that's a whole, another episode, oh too. Oh, my gosh. Hair product okay. and diffusers. <laughs> the wild lion's mane fro. Right. Natural curly. Yes. So he was just there. Oh he came in halfway gosh. through his junior year, and then COVID. Oh my gosh. I so, knew I knew you from somewhere. Yeah, isn't that's that weird? crazy. What a small world. It's a, such a small world. And what, what's his name? Luke Dayton. Luke Dayton. Luke Dayton. Oh, and he's he's always like, do you talk about me on the podcast? Because I end up talking about my other son. So Luke Dayton, <laughs> this is for you. Yeah. He's like, finally, at, mom. At thirst. Finally, I get the shout out. That's hilarious. <laughs> so is he doing, he's not doing any sports there, is he? No, Luke's on his mission. Jake played lacrosse oh, Jake too at, for East. Okay. And he's not. Okay. Uh, uh, we're, we're high school sport people at at the best. Okay, so he's not going to come home from his mission and play? No. Any sports? No. Okay. Uh, Just wondering. Okay. So the maybe year, maybe uh, what is it? Intramural lacrosse? That's very fun. They might do that. So yeah, my son that just graduated. Sorry, we're totally getting off topic. My yeah. son that graduated last year, hardcore lacrosse player, oh. like diehard. He ended up going to BYU Hawaii. Oh. And now he's playing volleyball and basketball. Do they have teams? So they have the intramural. Teams. Intramural because they lost. They they, they do teams. have a basketball team, but he's like, that's too much work, mom. I would rather play intramurals. He got like I like second how it is in this huge tournament, and like everyone that plays is like married. Like they're all older or at least RMs, like return missionary. But he is like. He loves he's like, it. this is so much better. Well, he's <laughs> like, in oh my Hawaii. Gosh, he's so he better love it. I know. I was like, you're in Hawaii, my friend. You're, you're living the life. Exactly. So your parents had how many children in their family? There were five of us. Okay. And my oldest brother was gay. And he was out kind of remarkably. So I figured out he was gay in when I was about 14, which would have been like the mid-80s. Which and was he, a my parents rough time had, to come out. Rough time. And my parents had known for 10 years. Oh, my god. Since gosh. he was 13. So it was just kind of... Do you know of, how that came out to them? Or they figured um, it out? Or? Yeah, it, yeah, it came out through the bishop, I think. And the bishop forced my brother to tell my parents. Oh, my and, gosh. You know, my parents tell this story that when they were, they were sitting in church and the, the bishop, the leader, said, oh, 
everybody struggles. And I can only think of like two families in the ward who don't struggle. And my parents were like, I wonder who the other family is. And then a week later, oh they gosh. find out, or two weeks later, they found out about my brother being gay. And I love that story because we, we think that everybody has it going on and everything's yeah. so easy in this world and everyone's got a great life. And everybody's got things that are challenging them. Yeah. For and sure. to have a gay son in the 70s would have been a challenge. Absolutely. And it was. And they did a lot of wrong things. And his life was super hard. They're, you know, the shock culture was the treatment that therapists oh, gave. Like, even gosh. pediatricians suggested. So there's a lot of hard things. Um, but my parents always loved him and knew he was part of the family and God gave them Preston and so they did that really well but but it was a hard time oh I bet and I was out after I figured it out I told all my friends and people it was so weird to see people's reaction because it was so much just a part of our life yeah just had this brother who was gay he never lived in Utah after he came out he moved back east and to DC and then he lived in San Francisco it was just too hard for him to be here but um, I, we were always close, and I loved and his boyfriend. And he came out at what age to everybody? 24. And then is that when he moved yeah, away? Yeah, which was like 1984. Oh, my gosh. Well, he was sort of out. He moved away. Yeah, I guess he was kind of out. But back in the day, no, adults didn't talk about stuff no, like that. No, no. Like, even my mom and dad, who had a gay son, like, I remember the aunts saying to me, Susanna's mother, like, your mom and dad never talked about it. But I just don't think there were words. They didn't know what to say. Yeah. Well, I feel like there was such a bad stigma, which still is now today. Yeah. I, I think it's softened. It's softened. But it was, it's bad, it's awful, it's gross, it's, oh, it's negative. Just people like living all this of those terrible words. lifestyle. Yes. And like, how could you? How, yeah. how dare they yeah. do that to your parents or you to know, your family? Yeah. You know what's really interesting is that's the way we used to view it. And because it was all, almost always male mm -hmm. men, they were always in their 20s, at least, when they'd come out. Because at least in our culture, they would go on a mission and they would try to, you know, to be pray away the gay. Normal, or, normal, yeah. right, right. And um, so it was always older men, like older guys, and their lifestyles looked horrible. They looked like they were just so wild. So we have this stereotypical gay male who's partying and having this wild lifestyle with lots of people. And we're still kind of holding on to that. But that... I believe was in response to being kicked out of their families, yeah. their communities, their yeah. churches, and having to go find a new community yeah. with no, like, no like, system around it like we have. Yeah. And they're angry, right? Because they've been kicked out of their families, Absolutely. they've been kicked out of their communities. So we've got this old style, kind of view of our, our, gay people particularly, and it no longer holds. Like it's old. And we're in a new reality with people who have young kids yeah. who know that they're gay or trans or non-binary. And their families, these younger families, are embracing this child and looking after the well-being of the child, which is amazing, but it causes tension with religion, sometimes with like their community and schools. Oh, so, for, sure. for sure. But the parents are like, I've got to look after the well-being the emotional, social, spiritual well-being of this child. So oh we're in a whole new kind of paradigm for this. Yeah, when I feel like it's still 
evolving. Even though it's yeah, come a long way, it, is. it can still go a long way more. Well, I, I have to tell you, so when I started, so I started advocacy, my, um, my brother, who, when he was 58, he took his life. Oh my goodness. And it, we knew he was sad. We just had no idea how painful and how so much. So that was recent then? Four and a half years ago. Wasn't very long ago. Oh he'd be 62. I think he'd be almost, yeah, he'd be 62 this year. So, um, actually next month. So, um, it just, like, it kind of set me on a path of like, I've got to do something. I don't know why I felt that way. And I looked around for different ways of getting involved. But in the meantime, I was pretty sure I had a gay son myself. We, there were enough signs, um, and I think I'd been in denial because I did not want for my son the life my brother had. Um, and then with his suicide, it was like even more so. And so I had this like thing in the back of my head, and then I had this experience with my brother, and just kind of propelled me into like, what can I do to help? And I tried working with a couple of groups, and they just didn't align very well with how I my br the experience that I'd had that I'd seen with my brother and anyway one day I was like I, I'm going to start an Instagram account which is bizarre <laughs> which is bizarre but it's, it's awesome so tell us what it is so it's Lift in Love um, we are a foundation now and I started it my son was at my, my gay son was at BYU and he um, he brought so he came out right after high school which is another interesting thing because we were praying he wouldn't come out before high school. He was oh, before high school was over because I was worried about what his friends would think right. and what you know would he be outcast and all of that. But um, it's so interesting because in the he's only been out let's see three and a half years, and in the three and a half years it went from nobody coming out in high school to everybody comes out in junior high and high school now. Mm -hmm. And like I said, there's this like really kind of, if you know the disruptive theory, there's like a whole the thing that's disrupted kind of how we see these. And now we're seeing children who aren't dating, so they're not doing anything wrong. They're just gay or tr you know, trans or they have some sort of gender dysphoria. So anyway, he um, ended up coming out after high school. He one day which how did that go because you already know we knew so and we he'd been really anxious so we sent him to um, we sent him to talk to this awesome therapist and just about the anxiety and whatnot and um, so he was he kind of got him ready and he came into our bedroom one night he's like we've got to talk and I'm like okay and he shut the door and he sat on our bed and he's like so I'm gay and I was like yeah <laughs> and he's like how did you know I'm like I'm your mother I'm your mother and we had talked about it over the years because I opened it up to him like if you are we will work this out no big deal but I think the tension in our family with my brother and then of course my brother's death made it harder for him yeah anyway my husband's like come get in bed so he gets in bed between us and we just talked and it was the sweetest thing and the funny thing is you think we thought we'd be like that moment like oh my gosh what are we gonna do well my husband fell asleep <laughs> oh my he was just we we were both so peaceful about it yeah like this is gonna be okay yeah 
So he, he came out and then left to BYU, which has been really hard for him. Um, in a way, BYU is super embraceive of him and his roommates and his friends. But in a way, it's hard because a lot of there's a lot of um, conversation around LGBTQ people at BYU. Yeah. So, um, so he was there when the very first year he brought some friends home who were all like somewhere on the LGBTQ spectrum, and they were sitting in my kitchen and we were making breakfast and they were telling me their stories. Some of them had zero family support to be at BYU. Like, one of them wasn't even a member, but he was at BYU. Another one had been kicked out of his home because he was gay. One of them had parents who were inactive. These were all kids who wanted to be at BYU. And they were somewhere on this spectrum. Right. A couple of them were at EBU. But they were all, like, good kids. And I just thought someone's got to do something like they need help they need a voice they need help yeah. like they don't have parental help yeah. everybody needs parental help absolutely i need parental help and i'm old like so i started lift in love and it's interesting because i started it for them but we i quickly realized that the real change needed to happen with the mothers yeah because if the mother is on board with the child everything's going to be ah, okay i got chills when you said that oh i mean it just is the way that's what we do right we take care of our children. Yep. And no matter what's going on, you know, I, I think of the moms who pioneered autism when we really started to understand autism and the mothers just got in there and, you know, advocated for these kids to be in schools and to have sensory um, therapy and all the things, those moms, when people didn't, we didn't understand, right? right. We just classified it as one big, like, disability or, you know, and those moms were fierce. Yeah. And it's hard because we, we need to do this, but it's, it's, hard. it's a hard pinch in between religion that we love and these children that are ours yeah. to protect. I know I have a couple friends who did leave the church because they're one of their children, a boy or girl, whichever, it, you know, came out to them as gay and they're like, we can't support the church and and it was their choice so we're leaving the church to support our child but i agree it is a pinch and i don't it's have anyone in my family but like i was telling you before the podcast started i'm like with my eight kids you know all having all boys i tell them often because sometimes they'll you know they'll say something derogatory and they'll yeah. tell us you know you're, you're being kids. gay or whatever yeah. i'm like hey we don't talk about that and this is why yeah. like most likely one of you boys will come out that you're gay and all of them are, oh no, no i'm like if you do, guess what? I'm going to love you and your boyfriend slash husband yeah. like like my ninth child. Right. Period. End of story. And yeah. I'm like, so you better get on board or you're not going to be part of this family. Exactly. Like, and that and that kind of energy and, and support is what's so new. Because my mom didn't have any kind of framework around that right. and couldn't do that. And the moms in, this, in the recent past haven't been able to do it now. But now we're like, oh, no. This child is my child. This child was sent to me. I'm in charge of making sure this child gets from A to whatever, healthy and strong and, and you know, all of the things, knowing God loves them, yeah. all of these things. Yeah. And it's that, like, energy that's totally shifted. And it's that energy that makes it really hard to stay in a place where your children aren't supported. Right. 
like your friends. Yeah. In fact, I just as I was waiting, I was sitting in the car answering this woman whose sister is trans and um, has a, a trans sister, and she said, "I finally had to let go." And just that visual of like holding on and holding on and holding on, and then just finally like nobody's come to her rescue, and she had no more strength, and she had to let go. Mm. And I think if we can look at these families that that let go like that, like they just couldn't hold on, they didn't have the strength to hold on anymore, and nobody grabbed them by the wrists and yeah. the arms and pulled them up. Um, and it's a big job to pull somebody up, and it's a bigger conversation, but that's kind of where we are. Well, I love what you said that you created this originally thinking you needed to help the yeah. LGBTQ, which really, and I'm not saying we don't need to, no. but I think the bigger picture, which you like, it like was a huge light bulb in my head. We need to help all the straight people get on board yeah. with like the moms and the dads and the brothers and the sisters and the work, the coworkers and the teachers and the students. Yeah. We need to get on board with a, they need to get on board and or help to open their eyes of, listen, this is how it is if you like it or not. But we need to we need to do this. I'm still it's I'm us. still making the change. Yeah, we yes, yeah, we yeah. need to Well and um, like Ugh. nobody does that better than moms. And nobody does that better than Salt Lake moms. <laughs> and you and Utah moms and and moms who are We're feisty. Feisty. We are. And we need that. We're strong. They need that. We yeah. need that. Yes. Yeah, we, we can get across the plains with the wagon. We can get our <laughs> we can get our kids' needs met. I'm telling you. It's not a problem. Oh but there's a lot of pushback. And there's a lot of pushback in like neighborhoods from friends. Yeah. I we were really lucky to have a great support system. Most people are not so lucky. Yeah. And I think to some extent, depending on who the mom is. Some people are just not going to mess, right? Right. And um, so it's teaching other moms who are maybe not as confident and are working on their own kind of ideas of who gay people are or who trans people are. You know, we were playing games with my in-laws the other day, and uh, this uh, a trans woman just won a whole bunch of nights in a row on Jeopardy. I don't know if anyone saw that. Yeah. Like 40, I think. Yeah. And my father-in-law, bless his heart, he said something like, well, he, she, or like it. And I was like, nope, <laughs> no. And I get, like, we have to be really generous to people that don't, haven't had the experience. Right. And the time and the, the friends to get to know people and to be able to change their vocabulary out of compassion and love and empathy and support and all of those things. So I was like, I decided, I had to do it twice. I'm like, it, a woman. She's a woman, <laughs> and, and and you know maybe one day he'll he'll get that. But those are old, yeah, ideas. Well, again. And, I, and I think that's what's like maybe the hardest is like when we were raised, it was a bad thing, it was a negative thing. It yeah. was like all the all this, you know, negative stuff which was ingrained in us. And of course, we need to make our own decisions and choose. But sure. that's how we a lot of us were raised, especially our older our parents or yeah. our grandparents. Yeah. They are so strict in their ways and not trying to say that they get a pass. They for sure no. do not. But we do need to be a little bit more understanding of they may not have someone directly in their line and like help open their eyes. No, father-in-law is actually a woman or yeah. whatever that and we gotta situation be is. Really patient. I mean, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, right? It takes, <laughs> it takes a while. But it's interesting. People are always afraid 
moms will be afraid to tell their parents that their children are gay. That's a really common thing. Or trans or, you know, LGBTQ or queer. Um, and it's interesting that par grandparents are all of a sudden, like, on board. And I don't know whether they're having, like, like grandma talk with all the, their friends. And their <laughs> friends' kids are gay. And they're like, or, you know, they've come out and they're like, well, you know. My friend Barbara, she has a, a gay grandson, and he's adorable. And my friend, you know, Martha, she's got, you know, a, a whatever. You know what I mean? I think it's interesting that the grandparents have really sort of, and I don't know whether that's just years of wisdom. Probably. And I think <laughs> that grandparents can look back and say, I, and this is actually happens all the time, I had an uncle who we never talked about. Oh my gosh. Or my my aunt had a friend that she lived with. They never married, she never married, so she lived with her friend. And all of a sudden people are like, huh. Yeah, they start <laughs> like, hmm, let me think about I that. I think that might, I think I might have more, you know, these women that I loved and anyway. So your gay son at BYU. Yes. How does he feel with you being the advocate here? like? Starting this platform and... He loves it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, he loves it. He wants to do his own advocacy. It's trickier for him being where he is. Um, I always say, like, is it okay that I say, yeah, yeah, he's great. Uh, when he was little, I had a really... He was just a, actually a brand new baby. I had a really strong feeling that he and I had work to do together. Oh, my goodness. And I used to tell him that when he was growing up. And so I think... I didn't know what it meant, but after about a week after he came out, I'm like, this is the this work. This is it. This is the work. And so I think he knows that he's part of a generation that's teaching people and that's changing his generation this this last, you know, four or five years of um, of queer kids. They're changing it. I mean, they're at BYU. Like, that is really hard. The mm -hmm. rules for him are different. And I know there's people going to be listening going, well, why does it go to BYU? Why does it just go to another school where there's lots of gays, openly gays people, and it's totally okay? What he, would you respond with that? I think part of him would like to. He's tried um, to transfer away. One time he was really serious about transferring away. He was just so heartbroken about some things said in, um, at BYU and in conference and stuff, and COVID hit. And it just wasn't the right time. So he's ended up, he'll graduate in December. And, um, but I think we have this idea that people who are LGBTQ or their families don't want to be in the church. That they want to go live this other lifestyle. That they don't believe. And while that might be true for a small minority of LGBTQ LDS people, it's the minority. Wow. They want to stay. They want to be, I mean, they, these kids know they're queer and they go on missions. They know they're queer and they go to BYU. There's part of, I mean, and sometimes, you know, I want to say like, why should they have to leave? Yeah. This, this was give them, given to them just like it was given to Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Like, and I, I'm not going to leave. This is like, Every single one of my grandparents came down that canyon in Hancock, in the pioneer migration, and they, you know, this is my church, and this is my town, and 
I, we can change things and we can embrace people and ask a lot of questions and get to know them and and with that we want to help and that's when change happens is when we want to help other people so that was is that what your foundation does our foundation uh, that's what I do when I speak out our foundation is here we support uh, kids at uh, um, LDS colleges we support a little bit of like um, like cultural things around LGBTQ and LDS families um, we do we do work we have Catholic moms and um, we've got a lot of followers who are from LGBTQ Catholic organizations because there's the problem is there's no support within the church you know if you have a child who's um, and I hate to kind of mix all these because they don't feel like they are same same but if you have a child who's alcoholic if you have a child who's been abused, if you have a child who has all of these different kinds of things, there is support in the church. We have like uh, programs, 12-step programs and whatnot. Not anything for LGBTQ families. Wow. Nothing. So our organ, the foundation really supports the mom to support the family in however they are um, able to connect with religion, be it mostly LDS but other Christian religions however they're able to connect in strength and um, and we talk about like kind of shifting their views from the old views to the new views so really it's about supporting the mother so that the mothers support the children yeah and mothers change the world let's be real I, and I yeah. agree and I love that and I also think a lot of times we just like we don't know because like yeah. I personally don't have anyone in my in my you know in yeah. the family that is gay or lesbian or any part of the LGBTQ yeah. community. Like I don't know like with like what is like if your son is gay and he wants to go on a mission, can he? Can he go through the temple? Can he not go through? Like all these things I don't know because I haven't experienced. So yeah. I think a lot of people are like more. They, they push it back because they just don't know. Yeah. Like all those questions, I don't know those answers either. Yeah. But I'm like, I think it's, if we need to talk about it more, it'd be like, we need to talk can, about it more. They can do this, they can do that, they can, like, they're, they're human beings. They, they can do. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's why they're like, human I feel beings. Like it's they're so like, important. They're, they're like some of the most amazing, creative, like, they're, they're different. Yeah. And they, and the difference is and the difference sometimes is really difference. amazing. Yeah. 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 So, and well, especially like if it's healthy. Said, it's, we like to, be, it is good to be different. It's good to be different. Yes. We should know that being different, being peculiar is, yep. is the way we, we should be. So but did your son go on a mission? He, um, that is super complicated. He wanted to, but it's really complicated because we don't have finite rules for LGBTQ kids. Some bishops interpret um, chastity the same for gay kids and straight kids. Okay. Kissing, making out, all that's fine, but, um, and some don't. Mission rules are not standard. So um, where a kid, when Jake went, he, a, a straight kid could kiss another person. A gay could, kid couldn't. Um, so there, we have these weird, yeah. we have these strange, like, and they're not written, so they're sort of ambiguous. And so he ended up not going on a mission because it was hurting him too much just the what we don't under what people don't understand is when someone says to you you can't do these certain things be married 
have love, all these things, because of the way you are, it's, it, it, it breaks people. Yeah. And people were like, well, they can, you know, like, it's okay, life will be better later or whatever. It, it does irreparable it does damage. Get, yeah, it doesn't get now. Yeah, so he decided for, and we all decided for his mental health, it was better not to go. But um, I think he would have been a great missionary. He know he knew the gospel better than any of us. Oh my gosh! Any like hands down. So, so that what was, is the next big thing for either you or the lift and love? Like, what is the next? So lift what's and, coming up? Our big thing. We have a moms event. Our first ever. I think it's the first ever like two day mom event for like just like getting moms together. We sold out in like three days. Oh my but gosh! Getting moms together, supporting them, teaching them. We're like. We want to get all these moms who can go back out in the world and help other moms. So this isn't just moms of LGBT. This is just moms of LGBT. So it is just moms of LGBT. And we could have done, we, uh, we had a group of, we had 100 seats and we could have had 500, oh my gosh. 1,000. It was crazy. Um, so we're going to do that this week, this, at the end of the month. Okay. And then, but the next big thing is getting other people to be okay talking about thinking about and working through how to help, yeah. how to help people hold on yeah. in their communities so people don't have to leave. I mean, families leave their communities all the time because their children are out and they're not getting supported enough or they're getting teased or bullied. Right. They leave, they move all the time and they leave their churches and they leave their communities and they leave their friends and their friends leave them. So our next big step is just kind of moving awareness and it's hard and it takes people from the outside to want to do it. So what can people like me that don't have a son or daughter that is part of the LGBT community, how can we help? What can we do? So get on Lift and Love. Okay. Dot, it's liftandlove.org is the website. We have lots of information there or Lift and Love org Instagram account. Okay. And read some of the stories. Okay. There's a lot of information about how to stand up when somebody's saying something um, that's harmful. Um, it takes it takes an act of bravery to stand up for other people, and we need that. Yeah. We need that. We need. There are people who are holding on with for dear life, and they mm. won't be able to hold on for long. And we, by changing conversations in church meetings and changing conversations in high schools and changing conversations when you're out to lunch with your friends, that's how we keep people holding on longer. And we keep them connected to the things that they want to be connected to. I love that. So get, you have to get a little educated. Hopefully we do it in a fun way. It will make you cry reading the stories. But um, hopefully people will just learn a little bit. And if you have a family in, that you know of that have a queer child, talk to them. I'm telling you, queer parents love to talk about things. And understand that some of it may sound hurtful to you. It might push against some of the things you do, but just listen. Yeah. That's the that. best way to, to get yourself prepared. And if you, know some, if you love somebody, I mean, the nice thing about doing all the research, doing, talking to people, is that when someone comes out to you, you're ready. Yeah. And you're not messing it up. Yeah. And you're keeping your relationship solid.
I love that. So that's well, I, that's the gift. I we all needed this. Like this is like the yeah. best podcast to listen and follow. Lift and love. Yeah. And yes, make those changes. It's not like these huge life. All, no. Just make. Just open up the conversation and start. Start talking. Start talking. Start listening, and I'll tell you, it will change the way you see everybody. Oh my goodness. In the best way. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank, thank you again.